This is for the others out there, the other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me, and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today, I'm pumped to bring you an awesome convo I had with my friend Marcus Bradley. Marcus is a SoCal native, a personal trainer, Wim Hof method instructor, a former D1 athlete, and a vegan. He is also known as the breathing vegan at the breathing vegan on Instagram. Marcus is super passionate about helping others accomplish little goals that create a chain event into much bigger progress for them and their community. He loves everything that pertains to sustainability and the ocean, and he's always looking for ways to seek comfort in the discomfort. He's a massive believer on leaning into fear and discomfort because on the other side of that fear is freedom. He is the man. We had an awesome conversation talking about his story, how he overcame addiction and how he's into sobriety now and how he got into these holistic methods of healing and of bringing that to others. He's truly got a heart of gold and you can tell and it comes across one of the more genuine people that I know in my life. I'm grateful to have him as a friend and a brother and I believe in him so much. So excited to bring you into this conversation that we had. Can't wait to hear your takeaways. Without further ado, please enjoy this convo with Marcus Bradley. Deep breaths with the breathing vegan. With the breathing vegan, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much for uh, coming down to San Diego for this, brother. Dude, thanks for having me. Love being in San Diego. I'm always looking for reasons to be here. Um, every time I'm here, that means trilogy. That's right. Seeing my brother means seeing you and Sage. It's always a great time. Amazing. Well, we're happy to have you here. Yeah, and, thank you. Uh, and bre- the breathing vegan in person. The so I, I love vegan. I love this. I love this persona of the breathing vegan. Tell me a little bit more about this character you're creating. Yeah, so vegan. no, it's awesome. Um, that goes out to my boy Vince Camper. I play ball with him. He, he's a Drew League legend, um, body snatcher. And he goes, um, I'm always messing with him and stuff. I'm trying. He's getting in shape right now. And I'm like, dude, I, like, I need a guard that runs. Like, I'm in shape. I'm always hyping up how in shape I am because, like, I was never in shape when I played college basketball and I'm mm-hmm. in like in the best shape of my life right now. And so I'm like, yeah, man, I got to do this. And he's like, and I was like, just, just run with me. Like everything's going to be good. He's like, nah, man, like we don't even like, you don't even have to run with you. Like you're, you're the super Avenger breathing vegan. Uh, I was like, dude, I'm going to run with that. <laughs> so then I like, immediately I went on Instagram to see the breathing vegan wasn't taken. I was like, oh, that's it. I was like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm using this. So, so good. Yeah. It, and it seems like it, it's a combination of two things that are quite important to you and oh, your journey. Crucial to me, crucial to me. I Break mean, it down. So, I mean, the breathing part, of course, which you know, I'm, I'm a Wim Hof Method instructor. Um, went to Poland, met Wim Hof, and did that whole thing. That was a huge part of my life, especially during the pandemic these last two years, where I was able to kind of just... I knew what what breath work meant to me and mm-hmm. I knew what um, how it made me feel and helped me with different situations I was going through. And then once I was able to kind of talk to like Wim Hof's people and I'm like, Hey, I would love to do this for other people. How do I go about it? And he's like, why don't you become an instructor? I was like, Oh, like actually, yeah, that's so simple. Mm-hmm. Why don't I? Um, so then went there, did that process, went to Poland for five days, walked around in only my shorts. Like if you see like the yes theory people on YouTube did all that. Um, then got in the water and uh, met Wim Hof like the last two days, which was like a, a cool trip. And then now I do breath work for people and, and provide a, a really nice, comfortable space for them to breathe and relax. And so much of the world is so fast and in your face and boom, boom, boom. You need to do this. You need to do that. And so like that rat race, man, can really come to a to a pause. And so many people forget to breathe, um, which is crazy. Like, how do you forget to breathe? Um, and don't even people don't even realize they are breathing. Um, so being able to just provide that space for people to sit and relax and calm themselves down has been such a rewarding experience for me. And, uh, one of the most beautiful parts I think of my life so far. And, and 
I keep running with that and chasing it. And I only got there through being vegan because <laughs> like, so, uh, and then vegan plays is right there. I've been vegan for two and a half years now. I'm going on three in November. And, uh, yeah, I was, blood pressure was through the roof all throughout like probably genetics and life choices that I was making back in college. I was a, I was a big partier, a big drinker and stuff like that. And I'm sure I drank myself into high blood pressure. Um, and, uh, I was on keto for like eight months or whatever, just trying to look good. Um, as that's another part of the story, the body dysmorphia and everything like mm. that, always trying to look, look as big and buff as I can. So I did keto and felt like I was ripped and, um, my girlfriend at the time was like, wow, like I, she's like, you don't eat any greens. And like, that like concerns me and like, you should do that. And I was just like, uh, like, I don't need to, like, I'm, dude, I was eating like 10 ever good sausages from evergreen sausages from Costco every day. I was eating a pound of bacon every single day and putting like the bacon grease in my coffee. Just disgust. Oh. Like, it was so gross. <laughs> and, um, so she's like, you should watch this, uh, this documentary. Um, like my sister and and her fiance are on it, and um, let's see, let's like and see, just just watch it. So I was watching; it was a game changer documentary. Mm-hmm. So I watched that, went through, agreed with everything, didn't care too much about like the boner at night, having a stronger boner from going vegan. I was like, whatever, like <laughs> I'm cool in that area. Um, but uh, immediately that day switched, and I've been vegan ever since. And um, I've, I went vegetarian for two months when I first moved to the Netherlands, but yeah. So, I mean, by being vegan and being more in tune with my body and um, I was on blood pressure medication at the time. Really? Yeah. I was 26. Was- my blood pressure was like 180 over like 80. It was just like the doctor's like, dude, you're ready to stroke out. And then so exploring that more, I was just I was taking the medication. I was like on amlodipine or something like that. And they just kept upping my dosage to try to get me down to normal and baseline. And that was when I realized like this stuff isn't a cure. This is strictly for the symptoms. Like I have to take this for the rest of my life. And that like didn't sit well with me. So I always wanted to find ways. I was trying to exercise more, trying to do everything. When I went vegan, my blood pressure regulated in two weeks. Wow. Um, 120 over 70. And like just just real quick. And so and I was still on the medication at the time. So then I went and saw my cardiologist because I was dealing with some issues and everything. And he wanted to and he's like, okay, everything's normal. Like the medication must be working. And then he's like, come back and we're going to look at it in another two weeks. Come back then and we'll see how you're doing. So I did. And I was like, this time, these next two weeks, I'm not going to take the medication and see how it is. Same thing, 120 over 70. And I was mm. like, cool. I was like, so, and he's like, okay, what do you, what have you changed? Like, what's going on? And I was like, oh, actually, I went vegan. He like scoffed at me. And he's like, yeah, well, that's not going to work and blah, blah, blah. Make sure you're still taking the medication. I was like, I haven't taken the medication in two weeks, man. Wow. And then so he's like, okay, come back in three months and we'll see. Three months later, same thing, no medication. It's like, don't need to see you anymore, man. <laughs> like, wow. talk to you later because uh, that was good. So, yeah, just that's why, like, the vegan introduced me to the breathing, which is nice because it just was more ways of me being intuitive with my body, mm. realizing that, like, a lot of the health stuff that I'm doing can all be internal. And then just like breaking it down on a more simpler level. No one right. talks about breathing. It's, it's, it's we're not insane. taught how to breathe, right? No one's the only thing breathe. that's with us from birth till death and we're not taught how to breathe. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. It makes no sense. And like, so I started seeing that and it's just a huge thing like in athletics. I'm a personal trainer now. So right. it's like every time I'm coaching anybody, the craziest thing is like, hey, how can I make my son a better athlete? And I tell them like, how is he breathing? Hmm. And they look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> right. Like, like this, like, like what kind of Mr. Miyagi? Yeah. Like, <laughs> wax like, on, wax yeah, off yeah, shit yeah, is yeah. this? Like, what do you mean? And I was like, no, like, seriously, how is he breathing? And like, I was just like, let's, I'll pull the parent aside. I'm like, watch, I'm going to have them do something. Let's see how they breathe for a little bit. We'll do 60 seconds of jump rope. <sighs> okay. And now watch me jump rope. And everything's through the nose, out the mm-hmm. nose, real calm, relaxed. And I was like, if we were the exact same person over the course of a game, I'm going to have the upper edge of this person right. because I'm breathing. I'm, my, my breath is controlled. Everything is good. My heart rate isn't jumping up to 170, 180 without me wanting it to. And so parents became like believers in that. And so and, and they're seeing results. Oh, hey, my son's playing basketball a lot better without. OK, cool. That's awesome. That's all mm-hmm. I want to do. And it's just strictly through breathing. If you everything begins and ends with the breath, why wouldn't we be focusing more on simple things just as breathing? 
It's too easy. Right. And what's interesting is that we can go, like there's a lot of emphasis that's put on diet and food. Mm -hmm. But to me, I think there's two things that I put above diet and food that we're intaking. Of course, super important. Yeah. But if you think about it this way, you can go what? 40, 50 days without eating. Like you can go a long time without eating. Mm -hmm. How many days can you go without drinking water? A couple before yeah. you actually die so mm-hmm. water hydration yeah. how are we hydrating our bodies how are we hydrating the cells in our bodies absolutely and then how long can we go without breathing yeah. a couple minutes yeah <laughs> it's like we can only we can go you know a month or so without eating we can go a couple days without drinking water yep. but we can only go a couple minutes without breathing so in my mind i like to start the foundation of breathing first then hydration then water and then diet and food i would even say more important than the hydration is the rest and recovery Mm. like because breathing then sleep uh sleep yep we're not sleeping well our whole perspective and everything are are the way our body is responding to like the weights the 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 lifts and everything that we're doing um you can't even really properly get like the protein that you're Mm -hmm. in, in like it's just and I'm the biggest hypocrite right now because like the jobs are moving so fast. I've only been getting like five hours, five and a half hours of sleep a night. And I am like miserable as a result. That's why the breath work. That's, that was the biggest reason why I wanted to come down today. And like when you're like, oh, hey, I'm going to go to Sages. I was like, yeah, yeah. breath work. I hit the sauna for a little bit. Beautiful, man. That like jump started me back right back so to normal. Good. Yeah. But the breathing sleep sleep is huge i mean we're supposed to be sleeping one the way i look at it is we're supposed to be probably sleeping one third of our life anyways eight hours and if we're not sleeping it's, this is the one thing i feel like we can't cheat if we're not sleeping the eight hours and one third of our lives in the beginning right now while we can it's going to come on the back end mm. and all those years and shit like it's just that's how i look at it it keeps me like gives me like a healthy fear. Right. We to be here as long as possible. I I'm with you on that. <laughs> and I think we will be. Yeah. Um did you used to sleep like not sleep well? Did you introduce once you actually introduced proper sleep, did you see a, a change in your life? I saw a huge change. I mean, I think just throughout college and like right now I feel like I am the athlete I always like promised my college coaches I would be for them. Wow. Like and it's just like and it's it's funny cuz like even like in high school like when I got like my oh, three-star, four-star, whatever recruit, they're like, oh, he's a late bloomer. So like, I always think about that because like I'm 28 now and I'm way better than I ever was at like 18 to 22 right. when it comes to basketball or anything. And I was just like, I'm just a late bloomer on life and things in general. <laughs> but I mean, I was so, the alcohol, the partying, the everything like that that I did back in college, there's no way I was going to be able to get proper right. sleep. I mean, just like my REM sleep was probably like 30 minutes a night, if that. And I'm waking up just like confused, hungover, and just a, a wreck. It's like, how the hell was I supposed to perform at a high level um, with that going on? And you keep that up going for a while. And so, yeah, once I was able to like, after I got sober and was like able to actually get like proper nights of sleep and like, and waking up, I remember waking up from like a full night's rest and be like, what the hell is this? Like, this is a trip. Like, it just like, it freaked me out. Like, almost like a Disney movie. The birds were singing. Like, <laughs> I, I wasn't in some like random bed. I didn't have to like worry about like what I was doing the night before. I was like, whoa, like this feels really different. Like, it was yeah. just, it's just little things that like I didn't even realize or just completely took for granted. So that kind of showed me the importance of sleep. And then, um, that book by James Nestor, Breathe, yep. that did breathing and sleep, man. That's this did everything for me. The, the fundamentals of being human, yeah, right? Exactly. It's it's incredible. So I want you to take me through a little bit about the journey. So you're sober now for how long? I've been sober now for four and a half years. Four and a half years. Yeah. Congratulations, man. Thank you. That's, Thank you. That's really big time. Yeah. And we were just celebrating Sage's five year uh, this past week. Um, which is wild. And it's like you and, and Sage have been on kind of a cool parallel uh, yeah. parallel journey yeah. through all this stuff, which is so cool to think that from from the school that you guys went to, being yeah. teammates, playing college basketball, yeah. like th- this is what it's led to. It's a trip, man. It's like this. It, Sage is a perfect reminder of like I'm exactly where I need to be because like if you look at that, the parallels of us meeting in Idaho. Um, that was my running mate. I never thought I had a problem with alcohol or anything because that kid was crazy. I was like, I'm, right. not, I'm not as bad as Sage. That was like who I always used right. to myself to. And then so fast forward a few years later, I'm like probably two weeks sober or anything. And I, and I call him cause I saw Braxton, like he threw a touchdown when he was at Oregon. I'm like, dude, like just saw your brother, like that's so dope. And we're just catching up. He's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing all right, man. Like kind of crazy, but everything's good. 
And um, he's like, what's going on? I was like, I'm like two weeks sober. He's like, dude, I got six months. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. And I was like, dude, like, that's awesome. So like, then that happens. So he's been like, just seeing his journey with that has been super inspiring because it's like, I don't know if I would have kept it going if I didn't make that call with him mm. and realizing like this crazy dude who like I love as a brother who like is the craziest guy I've ever met in my life. If he can do it, right, I can do it. And it's Amen. just that's the, that's the hope and stuff that comes with it mm. when you see someone else can and especially someone that was your running mate. Right. And then now, like fast forward, we're both in the same like kind of industry. We're both so trainers. Cool. We're both doing breath work. Both of our brothers play at San Diego State. Yeah. Like, cool it, parallel. It's such, a, it's such a trip. It's such a trip. So I'm, I'm curious to see where, I mean, I'm dating a girl named Sage. Yeah, I know. That's so amazing. <laughs> you got two important stages in yeah, your life. Got very two yeah. important stages in my life. And, so uh, so question for you. What, what if, if Sage was kind of that inspiring person for you to be like, oh, this is possible? Like what, what message do you want to share with people out there that might be struggling with addiction, might be wanting to make some shifts to get healthier, to absolutely. get sober? Like what, what is that that you want to pass on? I would just say if people who want to change their relationship to alcohol um, are, are asking themselves, if they're asking themselves that question, should I change my relationship to alcohol? The question, the answer is yes, because mm -hmm. someone said it best to me, a normal person who has a healthy relationship with alcohol isn't asking themselves that question. Mm -hmm. So the best way that I saw it, and I'm not labeling anybody as an alcoholic or anything like that. People have to come to that terms, uh, that understanding or that definition on their own, but Talk to someone who has gone through that journey or is or is on, currently on that journey. Mm. Talk to someone is, is talk to them, see about their experience, see where they were able to overcome certain things, and you have to find the similarities, not the differences, because your brain is already telling you so many differences that you have with, oh, I'm 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 not like them, or I do this because of this, and you already have this crazy victim mentality, which makes you feel so different from the rest of the world. So you have to find the similarities. Mm. And so I'm actually super excited because I partnered with um, this sober app called Lived, where it's all about that. It's just about people sharing experiences, whether it's like, hey, like making friends in sobriety or, or changing your Friday nights or like just the little habits. And you hear these people that have um, that have gone through what people are currently going through. And you can hear about how they like have changed their relationship to, to, to alcohol. So mm. it's 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 one of those things where I feel like that's just especially after COVID and the isolation and the mental health strain, that the that fear, everybody, the fear and everything. Man, it was like COVID made me run to Europe. I was so <laughs> I was so scared of being here and so like like crazy and not like present that um I can only imagine like people that were alone and I mean I've had friends that have died from mm -hmm. like their just not being able to just feeling like they're so different and not realizing that there's so many other people that are just like them going through their same struggles and just a little bit of humility and just finding the similarities and you can just build this community and, and this, this brotherhood and you find hope in people. Beautifully so, said. Yeah. What was your rock bottom moment where you decided I got to change this? Was it the, was it the doctor prescribing you blood pressure medicine at 26 oh, no. years old? No, that was, no. That was, yeah. Cause I got sober at 24. Yes, over so, 24. So that was just like a, a after effect. My rock bottom moment was, I mean, I had so many of them. Mm. Um, I can remember playing basketball at Dixie State in St. George, Utah. So this is my fourth school now that I've been to in six years. And um, always thought basketball was the reason why I wasn't like the coach's fault. Like this is because um, I started like I started off at UC Irvine, went to UC Irvine. Went to a junior college, went to Idaho State where I met Sage, then went to Dixie State. And at all those places, I went to, every, after every school I left, I became more delusional. Mm. I became uh, a bigger partier and a way worse athlete. And my rock bottom moment never came from any of the basketball stuff. Like, it was just like, okay, like, it, it, just, it just is what it is. It's like, I mean... I keep hitting this pain. Sooner or later, I stopped caring about basketball. I stopped caring about sports. I kept. I stopped caring about the expectation. I knew I was letting everybody down. Um, but I have a few rock bottom moments that I remember. Um, one, just a very easy one. I remember being back at UC Irvine, and I was dating a chick at the time, and I was like staying the night at her house, and I had talked to my grandfather about. Um, going and meeting him for breakfast and i haven't seen him in a while i think i was in idaho so i hadn't seen him in two years 
And he was like, yeah, we're going to go meet at, uh, was it Johnny Rockets? Ruby's. Ruby's. Yeah. He's like, we're going to go meet at Ruby's on PCH and, uh, I'm gonna have all your cousins. They're, they're so happy to see you and see that you're doing well. I got drunk that night and I woke up to my phone being dead. I, I, I charged it up at like 12 and had like three voicemails of just, Hey, I guess you're not coming. And like, like just, just like the, like the pain in his mm. voice. And, and the crazy part is he doesn't even remember this, but I remember it so vividly. And I was just like, I can hear my cousins in the background, like all they're all little kids and just excited. And so, I mean, mm. it was just one of those things that I'm like, man, like these decisions are not only affecting me, they're affecting other people and just like something like little like that. So that was like the very first one. Another rock bottom moment I had was, um, which just before you go into the next one, yeah. just to pause for a second there, it's a really, yeah, I, I can imagine the, the, the kind of the pain behind that or hearing that I like, shoot, like I let, I let someone down in that yeah. way. But also like how easy that could be to justify of just like, oh, it was just a crazy night or whatever, or it's like a one time kind of oh, thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then you're saying like, this is one of many that followed suit. Absolutely. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that was, I can, I can always remember the first time where you kind of cross that line. And that was the first moment I crossed that line. Cause then I, that happened. Right. So many and you're just justifying times. in your mind at yeah. this time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this was the first one where I still had a little bit of humility and like, just like where I was like, man, like I really let somebody down mm -hmm. and, um, how painful that was right. to like, know that like my decisions from a night before, I remember just weeping like uncontrollably, mm -hmm. like the entire day. Like, and so, um, but the thing with like substance abuse and everything like that, it only kind of hurts the first time. Like the more you keep doing it, the more you can justify, the more you can do whatever. And it's like, no big deal. Mm -hmm. um, so then the next one. Yeah. Then the next one is this same thing. It's always these first time things. Um, I had my dad was always giving me 200 bucks a month for um, when I was in college, just mm -hmm. like to help me out groceries or whatever. And for my birthday, he gave me 200 bucks and just didn't give me the money that I thought he owed me like for that month, like the entitlement and everything like that. So I'm like, hey, man, where's where's the other money? He's like, oh, what? He's like, that's for your birthday. Like, it's it's like that's all I'm giving you. He's like, no, man, like you owe me 200 more. He's like, what do you mean I owe you? And mm -hmm. I was just like, he's like, you're just like. And then, so we're getting into this argument back and forth. And I was like, you know, man, I don't even give a shit because I'm using the money for drugs and alcohol anyways. My dad's got like 30 plus years like clean. He like, wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, no parent wants to hear that. Mm -hmm. I remember just like, wow, like, OK, he cut me off. And so instead of me being like sad or disappointed or like, oh, hey, maybe that was harsh of me. Maybe I should go apologize. I did the next possible thing, like the, the best reasoning that I could think of in that time. I started donating plasma at, at like the local like blood bank thing. And I would go and they would give you this debit card. It'd be 50 bucks on your first time and 70 on your second time. So I'm like, cool, like I'm already making more money than my dad ever gave me. So like, And how often could you do that? Twice a week. Oh, shit, really? And you were going? Yeah, I was going. All the wow. time. I went so much. I have a permanent scar in my arm. Oh, like, my goodness. From, yeah, from uh, uh, not a, is it a hematoma? I forget. Yeah. It, the, yeah. The, the vein just collapsed. Yeah. And so, and even through that, like that didn't hurt. But what was weird, I remember going to the liquor store and using that purple debit card to like buy alcohol. And I remember the look on the cashier's face. He was like, dude. And I remember like looking, I was like, oh, I'm using blood money like to buy booze. And it was one of those things where like, yeah, it was weird the first time. And I remember sitting back thinking about it like, oh, this is strange. Second time was a little bit weird. Third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, like doesn't matter. So that was another another rock bottom moment for me when I like kind of like look back on it. But then the biggest one where I was like, this is it, like I'm done, was I had moved back. Um, the girl that I was dating at UCI, we we completely split. I made her life a living hell during that time. And um she yeah that was that was a crazy one where i can like really see the damage but i was so far gone that like i didn't care so at that point i'm working a, a job in hospice um and i'm driving a 1998 pontiac transport van with expired tags and like just just so that was just old beat up car that like my stepdad's parents let me borrow um for the time being and um, I was always driving drunk in it, <laughs> always just like driving drunk like crazy. And um, when I got the hospice job, my grandpa was like, hey, look, man, like no one seriously like in the in a with, with family and all that kind of stuff, like at, at a very low moment, you got to like have a better car. Like you just 
you show up to my house like this, talking to me about like hospital service. I'm not going to take you serious or whatever. So he's like, let's get you a better, more reliable car. So he co-signed for me because I had no credit at the time mm -hmm. right after college. And um, I always really needed like my dad's approval back then. So I'm like, hey, I got this brand new car. And then like it gets like 60 miles per gallon, like just trying to show off to like just see like what he thinks. And uh, not even realizing that my stepmom had the exact same car because mm -hmm. I was just like so far gone about it. And I drive down there and it was like a purple Hyundai Sonata. It wasn't like this top of the line, anything, but it was my first car that I, that I, I felt like I really earned. And, um, so I got down there and, uh, my dad goes, Hey man, like, how are you doing with your drinking? I'm like, yes, yeah, whatever, man. But like, look at the car, look at this, look at that. He's like, yeah, that's cool. But like, seriously, like, how are you doing with your drinking? And I'm like, man, like dad, I'm good. Like you always ask that. It's the most annoying question. Everything's fine. Um, and he's like, Marcus, man, I'm just. I told you this before and I'm just like, God woke me up in the middle of the night and told me that like you were going to have a real big issue with alcohol mm. and it's been on my heart all the time. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Like I don't care. And then, um, so he's like, well, that's a nice car, man. It would be such a shame if you were drinking and driving and you got into an accident or you killed somebody, um, for your grandfather. He's like, not even for you. Cause I, I know you don't care about your life. I know about, you don't care about any of the choices you're making. Or Is that anything. true? You felt like you didn't oh, care no, about your I, life. I didn't, at that point in my life, I felt like I was such a leech that I was so ready to die. Mm -hmm. I felt like I'd be doing my family a favor and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I felt like I'd be doing everyone that like came around because I, I had no idea what was wrong with me. I had like just I had no clue what it was that like and the answer was right there in front of my face the entire time. It was just like I was walking around just like in a fog and just every situation and every relationship that I had, anybody that ever came close to me, I made their lives so tremendously worse. My parents, my family stressed them out. My brothers my, and my sister couldn't count on me for anything. I had virtually no relationship with them. And then anytime like people showed any type of interest in me, I used and abused them and burned that bridge to the ground. So yeah, I didn't care about my life. I felt like I'd be doing everybody a huge, mm -hmm. massive favor if I were to just disappear. And at that time, like in the suicidal ideation was like at an all time high. I was always ready to like I had I have memories and, and people like talking to me like, hey, like after coming out of like a drunken like fit where I'd be like halfway hanging off like the railing of like a fifth story building. And just like I don't know what has ever stopped me from doing that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. like especially now, like having all the friends and family members that I've had that like have died from alcohol and stuff, I should be dead like 100 times over. And it's just like, I'm, I'm on such borrowed time. And so, yeah, my dad was completely right. And then he, and then he checkmated me by saying, but they're going to go after your grandfather for everything he owns. And, and like, how sick is that? Like that you would do that to someone who did you a favor and put their neck out for you. Cause I use like in a million years, I would have never co-signed anything for you. And so I just broke down crying was, in that moment. Yeah. Cause I was like, I, a lot of people that, that suffer with substance abuse, we're not bad people. We're just very sick people. I never want to anybody to have the concept. I don't like myself. I don't want anyone else to have to suffer because I don't like myself mm. and I don't care about living, but no one else should have to pay the price for like my own sins and my own like just nonsense. And so, yeah, I was crying. I like, look, dad, like, you're right. I can't stop. I still taste the alcohol in my breath from like Three weeks ago, my kidneys are on fire. I'm completely swollen. I, I'm in so much pain. I, I don't know how to stop. I want to stop, but I can't. And then um, he was like, all right, cool. And he just like sat there with me and we talked about everything for a little bit. And uh, he introduced, like, he didn't introduce me. I have a lot of uncles and stuff who are sober people as well. I got in contact with them and I've been, went to like the rooms and started going to meetings a little bit and uh, got sober and stayed sober. And that was, I haven't had a drink since October 7th, 2017. Mm. So like that was, and I wish everything got better immediately when that happened. It took some time because sure. I feel like when you drink, you're kind of like stunting all, you're running from something. That's all it is, especially like at, when you're at that point. So when I, when I stopped running, it was like a wall of shit that everything I was running from in my life came back and just like hit me head on. And you have to learn how to deal with that. You have to learn how to like live life on life's terms. And, um, slowly but surely i was able to like kind of piece through all of that all the relationships that i burned down to the ground all came back um 
I was able to like apologize for everything for different people, give back money where I stole money to from. And uh, yeah, just just that's why it's a trip now, especially doing the breath work. It's like I'm able to provide a space for like people that just like trust me. Like people were scared shitless of me like mm. four, like five years ago. And like they were every I was just like anxiety, like everyone came around me was just so anxious. And so um I am like when people don't see it because when they do the breath work and they're like their eyes are closed and they're just breathing when I'm hosting it I am crying like I have tears in my eyes I'm just like I cannot believe I live in this world where like these people trust me like to the, wow. like like this and I get to just it is so like humbling every single time and it's just like man like in a short span of four and a half years here right. we are so less like, than half a decade yeah yeah it doesn't take them a lot of time mm -hmm. so that's my only message for like people that are like struggling with it is like listen to the stories and find the similarities of people that have been there because it does not take a long time at all for your life to train to completely do a 180 and for you to be doing what you want to do so powerful yeah wow and you've got such a an honest way of looking and even just talking about and assessing yeah. your previous actions which i find quite it's it's quite striking for me of the level of honesty and, and sage shares that similarity as well but like the level of which you're able to be honest with yourself is like the the opportunity you have to change yeah tell me a little bit more about like how you've gotten to this place where you can be so honest with yourself with your past actions and to be able to have that space to realize like yeah i was this way yeah. i did these things that i'm not proud of yeah i i mean i heard a saying that we're as sick as our secrets Ooh, and I yeah like that. and so when i heard that i'm like all right what am i really trying to hide when it what is what is this thing in me that i'm not that I'm so embarrassed or so ashamed of that I can't talk to another human being mm. about. And it's kind of like the ice bath. I jump into it and I try to, and when I feel uncomfortability, I lean into it because right on that other side of fear and being uncomfortable is just pure bliss and freedom. And I feel so, and it's almost like to a fault, I tend to overshare with people and I'm learning how to like not overshare <laughs> with like certain people. Yeah. Like, especially like, oh, hey, like, I don't know, the random person that like, Starbucks or something. <laughs> yeah. How's your day going? Let me I'll tell you. Exactly <laughs> Man, actually, like, so uh, they're like, what the hell? Yeah. So I, I'm getting a lot better at that because not everybody needs, but I'm so, I'm so transparent and I'm so just like trusting, I think, with people because I lived a life for seven years between 17 and 24 where I wasn't transparent. I was, and I thought I was fooling everybody else. And the only person I was fooling was myself. So I, I had to learn to get honest with myself. And that's what like anything that like makes me feel slightly uncomfortable. I'm like, what is this about? Mm -hmm. And I have to address it and I have to see it because if not, it'll just sit in my head. And I have this brain where half of, half of it is selling bullshit and the other half is buying it. And those little things will keep me up at night. So it's almost like the more transparent I get, the more free I am. The more free I am, the better I am to myself. And the voice in my head is just a lot nicer than me. And so it's it's because if it's not, if I'm holding on to stuff, that voice in my head will tell me I'm a piece of shit. Mm. That voice in my head will tell me I need to close my eyes when I'm driving on the freeway. Like just crazy shit. And it's overall, it is always over something that is so small. So whatever I'm not being honest about holds some type of power over me. Mm. And I don't want anything, I don't want anything like that negative, like negative wise to hold that type of power or energy over me. Totally. Yeah. I, there's another line, something like uh, an honest man's pillow is his peace of mind or something like that. Of like, I like that. Yeah. Like the honest, like the, the pillow at the end of the night, like yeah. when it's you and you, yeah. like there's no hiding from. And I think that All that's right. a powerful part about um, what the breathing's meant for me in my journey, what yeah. the cold has meant all of these different practices of yoga as well is it's a, it's a mirror. It holds up a mirror to Absolutely. yourself and it allows you to, to, to go inward and to, and to explore those different areas where you might be holding back or not honest yeah. with yourself to explore those different areas or those different wounds that are really easy to just cover up with distractions, yeah. whether it's um, Netflix or it's booze or it's porn or whatever it is throughout the day, yeah. super easy to cover up with those distractions. But when we can start to learn some of these practices, then it opens us up and it allows us to be able to turn the lights on and look at it and be Absolutely. like, and once you, once you turn the lights on, you can't turn them off. You can't turn them off. And that, and that's how I feel about everything that I'm doing in my life now. It's like, once I've kind of crossed that line into like a, a much healthier me, I can't, I can't go back. And it's the weirdest thing. I, and I, I, I don't know. I hope I never do. I wouldn't, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be vegan for life. I don't know if I'm going to be sober for life. I don't know any, but I'm, I am today. 
And I try to practice a very healthy lifestyle. And as a result, I get to just be a better service to other people. And that's all I really care about. Mm. Like Ram Dass says, we're all just walking each other home. And that like that me that resonates with me so much because I did it my way. And I did and I got nowhere so fast. And just it was just like death and despair. And this side of things just feels so much better, so much lighter. Um it's just it's just that constant like like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And the cool thing about like being of service to other people is like the more and it's like I'm a very selfish person. Um a lot of addicts and alcohol and and alcoholics are people that's that do substance ha, have substance abuse are, are very selfish individuals but um and selfishly when the more i give the the more i get mm. and it's like and the thing i get is like the craziest peace of mind if i go and i talk to somebody and i really like give a shit about what their day is and i want to hear what they say and how i can help them um i during that moment the last thing i'm thinking about is myself and that's all I really want to do is not think about me. There's so many people in this world that are just constantly thinking about them, 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 them. They can have that. Mm. Like, I want nothing that they have. I just want to constantly be so out of my head. And that brings me to the present moment. If I'm in my head, I'm thinking about what does he think about me? Mm. What, what, is, what, are, what are they doing? Why, why don't they like me? Why, why don't I like me? And it's just like, it's just, it's, it's nonsense. So, so if I'm hearing you correctly, which I, I love this, you're, you're just talking about serving others as a way to be present, right? And showing up for others is actually a way, is a meditation of sorts or practice of sorts for you to be present in the moment Mm -hmm. and not up in your head thinking about the wrong things. Yeah. My, I, I still have a very sick brain and I still have a very crazy brain that will tell me a lot of different shit that I am or I am not. And when I am like, Hey Josh, how's it going? And I'm hearing your, you talk about what you're going on in your life. My brain isn't doing that no more. Mm. So it's like, cool. Like I chase this now, like this, this peace and like serenity and just quietness of my brain and, and giving a shit about someone else, just like how I used to like with alcohol. And it's like, by doing so I'm getting by not having, by not, by being sober and by being of service, I'm getting a life that like alcohol, I thought promised me. And like whatever I was chasing for that, like that sensation and that feeling that I thought I was going to get from alcohol, it's all right here. Just being in the moment and just being around other humans and, and just seeing how beautifully complex and amazing each person is. Everybody's got a story and in a, in a very deep and profound way. And everybody, no matter what they're saying or doing, needs help in some way, shape or form. So I'm, I, like I said, it it took four and a half years from me being someone that made everybody's life anxious and, and couldn't trust me and stress. And I stressed them out to now when I walk into a room or I have a uh, communication with somebody, I try to make their life better. And like, not in a massive grand way. And it's not even about me, but just in a way of like, even like in the slightest little degree, mm. I want people like, oh, hey, like that was a that was a nice guy. Like, I feel yeah. energized walking yeah, away exactly, from that. Yeah. yeah, like wow, like cool. What a what a cool beacon of thing. And I and I hear that all the time. I hear that from like random strangers, and it's just like, like even when I saw Wim Hof and I was talking to him, he's like, dude, you're like a lighthouse. And I'm like, dude, it's sick. Like I love lighthouses. And he's, like, <laughs> he's like, you're gonna be a beacon of hope for so many people. And I was like, I guess. And I was like, I don't want it to be in a weird way. I don't want it to be about me. I just want people to be able to see like the beautiful stuff about themselves through like what I see in them. And, and, and that's it. Like I, I've, I, when I'm personal training somebody and people are telling me, Oh, I got this, I got that. And it's just like, dude, you're, you're awesome. Like, and mm-hmm. when I see that and when I hear it, I can't, ne- I, I don't think we could ever necessarily see the growth within ourselves. Um, it takes a while, like, especially, I mean, body wise, if we take like a before and after pick, we can kind of see some stuff, but like, I don't ever really see the growth in me until I see it in another human being. Mm. And it's like, wow, we've been on this journey together. So like when I see Sage, I'm like, whoa, like we've come a long way. We've come a long way. Yeah, like, dude, like this is crazy. Like, and it's just like, and, and we get to laugh at the pain now. Right. So it's like, how, how beautiful is that? So beautiful, man. Yeah. And, and it's genuine too. Like you can yeah. feel it. And I, I know everybody listening to this truly feels your heart in that space too. It's not, yeah. Not just something you're saying or paying yeah, lip yeah. service to, like it's genuinely felt, um, which is which is why I think we've connected so strong as well. Um, and 
it's so it's 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 really inspiring to me as well because because you were not you're not always like this way right like it's yeah. really i think it's really easy for a lot of people to be like oh like he's just super positive and outgoing and he's super energetic and that's just that's just in his dna or that's the way he's been yeah but what is inspiring to me about your story is that um and i didn't know you in this previous world yeah. right like i knew sage in his previous yeah, life yeah. right and he knew you in yours and you know him and his but but i've only met you in this way so for me it's like it's crazy to think about being around you and, and feeling anxious or being like not trustworthy or how yeah. how that was right and yeah. so really in a couple of years it's unbelievable what you can really how you can change your identity how you can change your actions and how you can hold space for people to to transform and feel great like yeah. it it just takes making the decision and then repeated work like what else goes into making that change for me i grew up i grew up christian and i started going to church in my relationship i felt like with god and everything was kind of weird um especially because i was like so much i think i was like so anti-god when i was like out there in my like just doing whatever i wanted to do and when i got sober you kind of have to there's got to be something more powerful than you and i think that that comes with humility that just comes with like you can't be the like soul thing in the universe and that's that's all it comes down to so when people hear like higher power or god i know some people can get turned off by it but for me i had to find something that was just bigger than me. yeah and so i remember like just talking to people and like hey like you got to pray and i'm like i don't know what to pray to and they're like write down on like paper what you think god would be because I, I literally thought if i got on my knees and prayed god was gonna smite me like just like mm-hmm. right there and in there and just end my life really and like oh dude like that's how twisted and like that's how cool I thought I was. <laughs> like, honestly, like, like I'm like this, like as soon as I surrender to something that's just going to like destroy me. Like yeah. how crazy is that? Wow. And so I remember praying and then looking up beautiful sunny day in Corona del Mar, not a cloud in the sky. And I'm like, Oh wow. Like I'm, I'm not that cool. I'm not as, I'm not as, as important as I think mm. I am in my head. So that was the first little like humbling taste, taste of humility that yeah. I got. And so when I talk to people and they're like, well, there is no such thing as a higher power. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, so do you think that you can go down to the ocean and stop the waves from hitting? Yeah. Some people will say, yeah. So I'll take their weird asses down to, and, and I'll, watch them, <laughs> I'll watch them get thrashed by waves. And I'm like, dude, like you didn't, you did a pretty poor job. Right. Well, like, oh, maybe next time. Like, no, not next time. You like, do you think the waves are a power stronger than you? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well then what create the waves? Right. There's a force here at play. That's, that's big. Yeah. Bigger than we can comprehend. So sure. then that's, that helped me so much on my sobriety journey because i think when i was from 17 to 24 i there was such an absence of spirituality as such as a lack of connection from a higher power that in my eyes at that time god was nothing and so now i choose life is very simple for me either god is everything or god is nothing and i choose for god to be everything and when i do that i see god in everything mm. and i see the beauty in everything i see second chances that's why I'm like i'm on borrowed time like it's just like Truly. i have no idea how i'm here i don't know what i'm doing here but like a lot of more good things keep happening the more i am just there for other people mm. and it's like so if that keeps happening and then like good things and i'm feeling this way then maybe that's why i didn't die mm. and so i don't know it's, that's not up for me to decide but i'm gonna keep yeah. i'm gonna keep this way of going <laughs> I love that. As Albert Einstein said, there's two ways to live life. One is though nothing's a miracle. The other is though everything is. Yeah. Yeah. Choosing to find the miracles and everything and see yeah. the miracles and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's been a, that's been a huge one. And then just finding healthy alternatives to things mm-hmm. like rechanging my relationship. I've lost some friends when I got sober and it was weird. I'm just like, and then it, it was mapped out to me that they weren't really my friends. They were just my drinking buddies. And like, like, what do you guys have in common? I'm like, well, we do we go to Malarkey's on like whatever. Yeah, dude. All you guys do is get loaded together. I'm like, that's not fun. And like you thought it was, but it's just a lie. So then I had to, I had to find some like really like that one took a while finding people that like I felt comfortable around. And because I was afraid of everything when I first got sober, I was, I was afraid of everything before I got sober. Mm. And I mean, I'm six six, and I would walk around like I was like three feet tall and just like scared of my shadow and in every situation and even to this day i've never returned clothes back to a store because like i don't want to inconvenience the person whose job it is to like handle that Mm. um and also they make like really cool gifts for whoever else so it's like no big deal um but i remember like being a kid and like my mom would be like burger king or something she's like hey can you go to the front counter and like ask for ketchup that'd be the most crippling fear ever 
like just like I, I i can't i don't i don't know how to like handle that like but any normal person be like oh hey like can i get some ketchup please and i'm like oh sure no problem um but without that humility and a higher power and like just relearning different situations and being able to walk through experiences that like used to really scare the shit out of me and being and being comfortable being uncomfortable um i don't think i would have had a chance mm. and but it all comes from like that talk with just like knowing someone else who I went on that journey with. And so like, I know I keep like circling back to that, but got to talk to people that understand you because when you don't and you feel like you're the only one out there, you're just going to be scared. You're going to not have any, there's, there's going to be no concept of anything more powerful than you. Um, there's, you're not going to be able to even be willing to relearn new patterns. I, I had to like grab onto people's coattails and like, dude, how do I do this? Yeah. And like, oh, like just like this, man. Like, cool. Okay, cool. How do I talk to a girl now that I'm sober? Dude, just like this. Like, and it's just like little things. I had to relearn everything. It was, it was nuts. Uh, and I, I appreciate what you're saying there as well. And that's the whole idea and mission behind find the others is like find, finding those other like-minded people, finding your tribe, finding those people that you can look to and that you can ride their coattails when you need and they can Absolutely. believe and you can borrow belief from even when you don't believe in yourself because yeah. we all go through those times mm -hmm. and to know and to validate that you're not crazy yeah, <laughs> yeah. to be able to support you in some of these deeper conversations Absolutely. and explore some of these things. So what what role has community played to you in, in your journey? Community is everything. I mean your network is your net worth and all that kind of stuff. I, it's just like, it's so true. I, once I stopped the like drinking buddy stuff, once I stopped seeking the approval of people that like, like what, what were they really, what purpose were they really serving? Um, other than just like me either kissing their ass or like hoping and like they would kiss mine. Like when I started finding people that were like really common minded individuals, everything just shot up. And it's like, and it's just so much deeper than just like your friends or the people. It could be your partner. Like, I mean, like when I, I just moved back from the Netherlands and and I had a partner where like we just weren't seeing eye to eye on a lot of different things. And uh, my mentor was telling me for the longest, like, he's like, when you're with a woman, she's either going to be a, a ladder or a rock. And, mm. and and I very much wanted someone, this person to be a ladder. And that's not the role that she she had for me and, and or had for herself for me. And it's like, that's okay. That's totally fine. But like a lot of good things with a rock too, like just like a slingshot when someone's pulling you back mm. and then you let go of them, Launches. you're like, you're gone. So then I let go of that and just got deeper and deeper in like community and, and like-minded individuals. And then it's almost like, just like the people I met at the Wim Hof retreat, I had a lot of negative things I was saying about myself. I had a lot of different like stuff that was happening, but when I got to Poland, I saw 60 of the most beautiful individuals I've ever seen in my life from all walks of life. And we're all saying nice things to each other and all that kind of stuff. And like, I'm like, man, these people are beautiful. And if they're so beautiful, they must think I'm beautiful because these people wouldn't have me in their circle if they didn't feel that way. And so uh, it's just like that community is everything. Mm. It's like no one's I wouldn't be here if that wasn't the case. So when you find that community, the, the shit in your brain just really stops. When, once I really dove deeper into that community, my imposter syndrome stopped. The the negativity that like I felt in like the woe is me shit, like just the playing the victim, is it stops. We just you you get in with a bunch of people that that think like you, but also push you to be better. Not like and, and they and they know you and they they see who you are authentically. That where when you're off. They can either call you out on your bullshit if, if need be. They can just check in on you. They can just, hey, like haven't seen you around in a while. What's going on? You just in community is just is massive. Mm. It's so massive. Community is what like for the most part gets me out of bed in the morning now because I love wow. being around the people that I love being around. Um, I know that they're counting on me to do something and I know that I'm counting on them to do something for me. And if I didn't, if my if it was just a bunch of nonsense. I'd just be going through the motions like I used to. So community is, is massive. Absolutely. Yeah. So this path of service, I, I know we were talking about this a bit earlier over lunch, but it's something that I've humbly witnessed as well. But when you really devote yourself in service of others, when it's truly that's the purpose, first and foremost, mm -hmm. 
pretty incredible the doors that open and Isn't that... the the flow that unfolds yeah can you, can you speak to that at all yeah so it, it it's it is unreal i think when I used to want to be of service in a very manipulative way, like seeing what I can get away with or what people, Hey, like when I dude, I was like sick and like, I I'm fully transparent with like how mm -hmm. my brain is when I worked in hospice, I'd be like, I'm going to provide such excellent service that when they pass, they'll probably have me on the will. Like, I'm just like, what yeah. the fuck is that? Like, yeah. And just like, no man, just like, why don't you do that? Because like people need you in this mm -hmm. good time. So like, that's where I was. Um, not trying to paint a picture. No, that's like, a great example. That's yeah, a great example, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and uh, now it's just like I have no expectations with anybody that I come in contact with, and it's just like even if I were to meet like I don't know the owner of like my favorite brand or whatever, and if I was just doing something good, it'd just be for me to do something good. I'm not gonna. Oh man, I did that, and I can't wait for him to give me the keys to his car and stuff, and like that's just like it's nuts. So. And, and uh, I feel like that that's like, that is when it's truly genuine, it's felt like we've all been on the receiving end of yeah. people that are making asks for a, you know, something in return way or people that are, that are showing up to support in a genuine way. And, and, and like, think about how we receive that. Yeah. We receive that as if someone's truly genuinely, you know, showing up to support or showing up at a service, a pure genuine place. Like we want to give them the world, like Absolutely. in return without them even asking, like we want to open up our doors and give the world to them. So we feel that way. Yeah. So we can act that way. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's all I've seen is like when you're truly of service with no expectations and no like manipulation behind it, miracles just like mm. doors open in a massive way like just like the craziest shit the smallest interactions i'll have will just turn into these huge events just because and these people are now lifelong friends um as a result of just me like caring about them or just like showing them like i, I give a shit and it's just it's been nuts just being a service absolutely now how do you balance that i'm always interested in exploring this conversation because there's a lot of a lot of people out there listening to this probably as well that are on a path of service and it's also their their business and yeah. it's also their livelihood as well. So how do you balance those two things or how do you stay in that pure place of service when there's also things like rent to pay or groceries to buy? You know what I'm saying? So that's the crazy thing. Like you can't, well, what I'm hearing is like, you, you can't give from an empty cup. Right. So like most importantly, you have to rest yourself. And I'm like calling myself out because I am a massive hypocrite when it comes to this. Life has been crazy these last four weeks. And like I am just giving, giving, giving to like there's like, oh, the, there's a drop left. Let me mm. take that drop and turn it into two. And you get some and you get some. <laughs> and, like, and I'm just like exhausted and I'm sleeping like four hours a night because like my schedule and I can't say no to anybody. And um, I'm actually working on working on all this with a therapist, which is like really good because like you need a one fine time for yourself, but also the service thing is like, if you're, if you're up service, the the moment I started making the most money in my life is when I stopped worrying about it. Mm. When I mean, hard to do. It, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's so tough to do, but like, that's the, I think that's the secret power to like, or the superpower to like someone who's in addiction, because I used to be able to like have 50 cents and rub two quarters together. And somehow now I got to like, the world, the night supply of booze. And it's like, how the hell did this Interesting. Happen? So like, and I never worried about where it was coming from. I just knew it was coming. You just trusted that it was coming. <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. no way in hell that I wasn't going to get loaded that night. Wow. There, there was zero chance. I don't know. I don't care if it was like, the clock was not going to strike midnight and I was going to be in my bed sober. Like there, yeah. so it's that same like kind of trust in a higher power. And it's like, if I'm doing what I really feel like I'm here to do and like, my purpose on this world that like God or or whatever you want to call your higher power has given you, it's going to provide. Mm. And it's like, I'm not saying, Hey, like don't give like all your money and you got to be responsible. Don't, I don't want anyone to be For like, sure. oh, Hey, like <laughs> yeah. you told me to be a service, I gave <laughs> yeah. all my money and now I can't, but now I'm living in a box. Like, no, like that's just you being a dummy, but like <laughs> just, I mean, it can be little things like, yeah. and, and service is one of those things to where no matter how big or how small it is, you feel better immediately. Like starting off with small acts of service. I put like, if I see a grocery cart that doesn't put back, I go and grab it and I take 10 seconds out of my day to go put the grocery cart back. And I don't, and I'm not a dick about it. And like one time I did it where like this woman just dropped it like right by my car. 
and I'm like walking by, and I'm like staring at her. The yeah, time. <laughs> that's good. Sometimes, she, sometimes you need that. Yeah, it, it, she thought I was just like the worker or whatever. <laughs> so she's like, "What's this dude's issue?" But like, just little things like that. I put grocery cards back. I pick up pieces of trash that I see on the ground. Leave it better like, than you found it. it. Yeah, just leave leave it better than you. You have no idea who's watching you. Mm. So if someone sees that, it creates a chain event like that you have no idea. Um, same thing if you're like if you litter on the ground, someone might be bothered by that, but someone's gonna see. Hey, no big deal. It's just it's a butterfly effect of just a bunch of different things that that is just so much bigger than you that you'll never be able to understand what you're doing, but you feel better as a result of it and the money's going to be there like some somehow some way like I've had like days where it's like I have no idea how I'm going to pay my rent rents due in, in, in a day and boom like something will happen mm. and it's like I don't know if I'm manifesting it but it's like this is one of those things like I just I can't worry about it because well, if I do, if I'm worrying about it, I'm I'm stuck in my head. And there's resistance towards that. There's resistance towards all of that. And also when I'm stuck in my head, I can't, I can't be yeah. my best self for anybody else. Mm. I'm just, I'm, I'm just selfish. That's all being in your head is, is, is just you constantly thinking about you. So good, man. That's really, uh, really powerful, really inspiring, really great. Really, really what I needed to hear as yeah. well too. Cause there's, cause especially cause I'm a very logical thinker as well i'm you know i'm trying to get always get things in place logically yeah and um it's it's a really great reminder and i love that idea too of like looking for evidence in your past of like in your past where is there evidence of something that's of, of you being provided for exactly. even when you haven't known where it was going to come from yeah. or how it was going to happen mm -hmm. and and then also the other takeaway from this is being of service uh, it starts with the little things picking up the piece of trash yeah. putting the grocery cart back right opening keeping the door open for someone mm -hmm. Paying for someone's coffee behind you in line, like those little things. Little things. And um, what I'm inspired to do from this is do like a 30 day acts of service challenge and just be like every day yeah. for 30 days, yeah. let me like consciously act in a way of service for someone and random act of kindness yeah. and like let me log it and let me write it down what that was. And let me just track over the month and just like see see what kind of fun that leads to. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to join you on that journey. Let's do it. And like, Because the cool thing is like, Build a community where you can talk about it with each other. I th I think where people get confused with the actor service shit is like they'll do these videos and stuff and put it on Instagram and mm. like and that's like the most that is so lame. Yeah. Like I see like, if that's people, the purpose for it. For oh sure. man, like people that just like oh hey I'm gonna feed this homeless guy like that dude doesn't want to be on camera yeah. like he's going through something really rough like you're doing this for like a little right bit, for right a little it's bit exactly that that mindset like you said it's like I'm doing am I doing this for the purpose of yeah. it or am I doing this for me do it do it when the lights are off yeah love that do, that's because at the end of the day you're it's just you. So it's just you. And mm -hmm. or if you have people that are going to like do something like that on a 30 day, share it with each other. Yeah, because that's good. I like that. That's when, that's when the community really gets stronger. Like, dude, like I did this today and it's like, cool. Like you're not doing it for like, for me to tell you like, hey, good shit. And give right. Yes. You're doing it as like, this is what I did. I hope you, that you did something too. And then like, and now you have two people that are like actively in service. That turns into four, six. Amazing. Yeah. So, so let's do this. We'll just do this in real time. So May 1st. Let's Perfect. start 30 days. We'll do a group chat. Anybody listening wants to join in, jump in. We'll get a little group group thread going on yeah. WhatsApp or Messenger or text or something like that. And we'll just post in there and share Dude. for accountability purposes. And then we can just have a list of like, you know, however many people are in there times 30 yeah. of like 30 acts of services and the ripple effect that we're creating. I guarantee like a lot of people's lives will significantly change. Cool. And just in terms of just either mental health or whatever, something a lot of good is going to come. Yeah, I agree. Doing that. I mean, I've always even wanted to like, I was always wanted to play around with the idea of owning a business to where like, obviously, I, where it's donation based. Mm -hmm. But like, if I owned a gym, what would be the gym membership? An uh, act of kindness. And it's just like, I mean, of course, that's not going to pay the bills. Yeah. But if you do that kind of stuff, it gets enough notoriety. And it's like, People are always looking for these little pockets of like good and gold in the mm, world because yeah. the world is so anti that. And right. so when they see that, people will believe in it. And when they believe in it, people will throw any type of money towards anything that will make them feel good. You're right. Other than, so it's like, it's just another way of provide. like mm. it's going to get provided for. Amazing. You just got to, it's just, it's just a lot of trust, a lot of faith and a lot of just like, it, almost like if it's meant to be, it'll, it'll keep going. And if it's not, then Hey, like the door shut and I learned a lesson. Right. But any time that I've seen that it's been about something else and like helping someone else, I've never been let down. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, I love that, man. <laughs> well, time is flying over here. So um, as we wrap up, Marcus, anything that you want to um, share with the listeners here? Anything um, you want to leave them with? 
Anything, anything. Let's anything. See. Um, just real quick. Yeah, we didn't. We got in. Yeah, that was awesome. I like that. I like that. <laughs> but um, I don't know if anyone wants to reach out to me and talk about just like breath work or being vegan or can you gain size while being vegan. I'm uh, I'm not even tooting my own horn, but I'm 240 pounds. I'm like the best shape and buffest I've ever been being vegan. Um, you can reach out to me at the Breathing Vegan. Um, if anyone wants to link in and like kind of talk about like their struggles with alcohol or anything mm-hmm. like that, you can talk to me like same, through the same passage. Or I'm gonna start doing three day and seven day courses on the Live app, uh, Lived app. Um, you can just find that L I V E D Lived, and it's just go on there. You'll hear courses about people that are um, what to do, whether and it's no judgment. All different walks of life. If you're just looking to change your relationship with alcohol, stop completely, wean off, whatever mm. it is, just trying to be a better you. Um, that's the lived app, and um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just happy to be here, man. It's, it's, so, it's so good to be in the moment and present, and just, yeah, I don't know. Someone, whoever's listening, to this, go put that shopping cart back, or go do that mm. nice thing, or go tell that person that you're beefing with that you love them like (laughs) life's too short and uh gotta gotta really take the gun in while you can so marcus brother i appreciate you absolute inspiration for myself and for everybody else i know that that is blessed to come in contact with you and i'm i'm so i bet the house on you i bet i'm all in on your success and your path of healing and and sharing that with others and i'm I'm grateful to be on this on this journey with you brother thank you brother no i appreciate you super grateful to be here as well i appreciate you much love dude